When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm well, Juliette. I'm so glad to see you on your new computer with your high <laughs> resolution, but also your morning show lighting. It's working for you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm at work. I'm in the studio. Just some soft overhead lighting. It does look nice. I don't find that the studio lighting here in Los Angeles is as soft. No, it's certainly not. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you about that. <laughs> it's not good. I agree. I mean, I've been on, I've been in your position. Sure, it's mostly just blurry. Like I like I can see you, but not in high definition. So sad. Yeah, our internet's really been on the fritz. Tough. Oh, that sucks. We have a lot to discuss today. I I was I was excited in in putting together some some of my topics for our rundown. Should we begin with the great sleuthing real estate sleuthing of 2023? This person who figured out that Jeremy Strong is selling his Williamsburg condo. So I guess it is one person. The byline is Adrian Quintlin at New York Magazine's Curbed. But I believe that it was a full, like, curbed strategist New York Magazine effort. I think people contributed different pieces of information of identifying who was selling an apartment with two Golden Globes, two SAG Awards, and, oh, I guess those are Emmys. Two Emmys, one Golden Globe, and and two SAG Awards. Visible. The, the person who started this conversation is a woman named Casey Lewis, who has a really great Substack, And I've been a fan of her commentary for a long time. I also follow her account, Thank You, Atusa. She's like, has oh, really right. good nostalgia in teen content. So thank you to Casey Lewis for starting this conversation. Amanda, if you were Jeremy Strong... And your home was being staged for the listing. Mm -hmm. Would you consent to having your awards be conspicuously in one of the photos? Am I Jeremy Strong or am I myself? Because I think that they are different answers. All right. Answer first as Jeremy Strong. Yes, I would okay. consent because I am an actor 
as those two SAG Awards proved. Do you know, you know, have you ever watched the SAG Awards? Do you ever have to I watch have, them? Yes. You know how they introduce them every year? Like they go to the table and someone yeah. tells an anecdote and then they're like, I'm Jeremy Strong and I'm an actor, which is just <laughs> still the funniest thing that happens during award season. So he is an actor and he believes in putting himself out there emotionally. And based on other things I have read, doesn't seem like he has a huge dividing line between his personal and professional pursuits in terms of his method-esque approach to acting. I don't know whether it's technically method because I can only read so much about people's craft. I said that in scare quotes. (laughs) But he seems comfortable and also probably like he wants to get as much money as possible for his apartment. So if they say they want the statues because they think it's going to sell, then put the statues out. And so that's where, as Amanda Dobbins, my answer first would be absolutely not. And then I think about how I too would want the apartment to sell for as much as possible. And if they say it's going to sell, then sell it, I guess. So maybe I would as well. I think aside from the decorations that allowed people to have a compelling hypothesis that this is Jeremy Strong's apartment that he is selling, there's almost nothing particularly personal about this. It doesn't even look like a primary residence. And one thing in the curbed piece or the curbed like write-up of it was there they were lamenting that even Jeremy Strong had to have three cribs in one room. But I am really quite certain that like the whole family spent very little time there altogether because it's just does not look particularly lived in. It does have a real like Scandi design sense, which tracks with his wife. But like there's some there's just really nothing particularly personal about this. So, like I don't feel like I've learned much from Jeremy Strong from this listing in general. I will say one of my notes, both on recent like architectural digest, you know, like celebrity home tours. Mm-hmm. And also real estate listings is that they really don't want any possessions. Yeah. They want it to look as empty and apersonal as possible. Right. And so the fact that I'm seeing a play kitchen and some Peppa Pig books here. A lot of books. Do you think that the Peppa Pig books are staging? Mm. Or do you think that they left the children's books and the children's play kitchen? I think they left a lot of stuff out. This really looks like a house or a home because it's an right. apartment, 1,400 square feet that no one's been in in a while. And they're just like, yeah, just put it on the market. It's fine. Okay. I guess I could see that. I have, How old are his children that it's three cribs at once? I'm going to look it up for you right now. I meant to look that up and then I forgot. I put this on the rundown because I think this is pretty good reporting on the behalf it of, is the, good of the crew I like team. It. It, it was great. And I also think it is a creative way to sell your home and to get the, like, architectural digest bump without having to be an architectural digest. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's like, I don't know, it, I, I like I said, so impersonal. Like, it's very much like young children. Like, you know, there's the play kitchen. There's a lot of books. There's the cribs. Like, his oldest daughter, who was born in 2018, so his oldest is five. She's likely not sleeping in a crib anymore. Yeah. Okay, so that backs up your idea that people haven't lived here in a while. But that means that there was one... I just... Three cribs at once. 
Yeah. Is really overwhelming. And I say this as a person who is going to keep her son in a crib for as long as he will stay in that thing because I do not want to give him free range of the home. Yeah, of course. You know? So I understand staying in a crib. I'm not judging. I'm just like, that is fast. That is a concentrated baby situation. Yeah. His children were born April 2018, November 2019, September 2021. Wow. Okay. So they're they're young. I have another point, though, about the three three cribs in one room. Okay. If they're really young and they're more or less on the same schedule, why wouldn't you put them in the same room? No, I completely agree. It's just more like, that— why give up space? But I, I just—listen, I, I, listen, it's great. It, it just—I admire— Listen, I admire everyone just with a lot of children all at once. That's hard work. You know, it's Monday morning. I admire everyone. That's going to go on your uh, tombstone, Amanda. Sure. But especially, I don't know, man. My kid just is learning to express himself and inherited my willfulness. And it was a long weekend, Juliet. I love him. But I'm really glad to see you. (laughs) And I can't imagine the three of him in one room. You know, that's where I am. Well, maybe they would take it. They the his fellow children, his fellow kids of Amanda, would they would take it out on each other. Let's move on to a royal check-in, which we haven't done in a long time, but there was three different things I wanted to discuss with you. Okay. We're going to go in order of least substantive to most substantive. Okay. Number one, Will and Kate and Princess Royal Anne appeared on Mike Tyndall's rugby podcast. Mike Tyndall is Anne's son-in-law, married to her daughter, Zara, and he's cousins-in-law with Will and therefore Kate. He is a rugby player, and he has a rugby podcast. Will and Kate are patrons of rugby, I guess, and the Rugby World Cup was happening. And I've never listened to a stiffer podcast, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I only watched Instagram clips, which I can't Mm. say were edited in their favor. You know, it's not like the body language helped. I went to YouTube. It It was literally like just there's no word for other than stiff. I guess one could say unfun. Mike Tyndall seems really fun, though. He's got a lot of spirit to him. I understand why Zara is married to him. I listened to Kate on a podcast about mom stuff once. Oh. And I thought that she was better than she was on this. She was in that context relatable. This, did I ever tell you this, that when I was in my first trimester and I I was one of those people who threw up a lot, I would just Google Kate Meg. Middleton pregnancy disease like every day and then just read about how she threw up a lot and it made me feel better. So I think at like one of those low points, I also listened to this podcast and she was she was more comfortable than she was here, which I bring up just to say that it's interesting that she's less comfortable here with her own husband and 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 other in-laws. Aunt-in-law. Yeah. I think part of it is also like when they're talking about their patronages, there's like a responsibility to not fuck up at all. Like, yes, it's a real you have one job situation. And like your one job is to represent yourself well as like the figurehead for something you allegedly like. Right. I think she does like sports. Not I, I no doubt about that. Kate, we're Lady Katie likes sport. We know that. But it's just a pretty, it was a really, um, it was awkward. It's 52 minutes long and I don't recommend you watch it. Did you watch all 52 minutes? No, of course not. I, you know, I actually started listening to it for food news. Because they talk about, because Mike Tyndall makes an offhanded comment about how she's really competitive at beer pong. And I would oh. have loved to have learned more about that. But like, she doesn't engage. Like, when he says that, if she does engage, they edit it out. But like, okay. they move on really quickly. He's okay. trying to like loosen things up. Right. But I wonder if she's allowed to talk about beer pong in the context of rugby. 
Well, it's funny you bring that up. We'll come back to them in a second. But Megan and Harry are getting some flack for drinking beer. So I read like, they were small beers. They noted they were drinking beer on more than one occasion. But let's before we get there. Okay. Last week, Princess Diana's black sheep sweater was auctioned off. I believe it was a Sotheby's auction. Might have been Christie's. No, it was Sotheby's. And it went for over $1 million. This is a very famous sweater. Very famous. It's it's red. It has all the white sheep and then one black sheep. Did you know I have a, a version of this sweater? before no. from, And I think it's from the people who made it. Like the original sweater maker. Cool. But I mean, it's not Princess Diana's sweater. But I received it as a gift before Harry Styles wore it. And made everyone interested in it. So I haven't worn People it since then. People were already interested in it before that. Yeah, but it like it became a whole Instagram thing in a new way. Sure, but it's always been famous since the moment she wore it. It's okay. This, listen, you a text message you sent me this morning, which we'll come back to, which is I have been wearing J. Crew sweater jackets since 2017. Okay, so if you wanted, that's a real text that you sent me. So if you want to say that, then I can say I had the Princess Diana black sheep sweater before Harry Styles wore it. Okay, that's yeah, all. That's true, but I'm just saying Harry Styles didn't popularize it. No, but he like took it to the next level. How about like ne- he next gened it? How about that? Okay, I would say next gened it. He wouldn't didn't bring it to the okay. next level. Anyway, I was thinking about maybe <laughs> wearing it. This winter. I don't know. Red is like on trend color, you know? So maybe that's how I bring it into my wardrobe. Or maybe I won't wear it. It's a really great sweater. Okay. Are you a black sheep, though? I don't think you are. Thanks. Is that good or bad? Do I want to be a black sheep? No. Who wants to be a black sheep? Well, I don't know. Doesn't it mean that you're like... I know, but doesn't it mean like actually you just are like special and... No, it means you're the loser of your family. Oh, then I don't want to be the black sheep. No. Yeah. J- yeah. See, uh, yeah, I think now they teach it that it just means you, you have different, you're, you're different, but you are valuable too. I don't know. I've been reading a lot of children's books. I just define black sheep. Google returns from the Oxford English Dictionary. A member of a family or group who is regarded as a disgrace. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess that's I mean, true. Trying to reclaim black sheep is like saying that everyone who participates in soccer, a soccer game at like a child soccer game should get a trophy. <laughs> I know, but like that's definitely happening in the in the world. But I agree with you. Okay. I don't know. Shouldn't all the three-year-olds get a trophy? Like they're three. I don't know. I think no one should get a trophy. Like no one's actually that good at three. I mean, that's true. But okay, I'm fine with no one getting a trophy. I just don't think that we should be rewarding participation. It's fine. It's fine for some people to succeed and others not to. That's how the world is. I agree with you. But I also <laughs> think it's okay to give three-year-olds a trophy or a lollipop or whatever, you know? Okay. I was thinking of kids kind of older. At three, it's just like, I, know, yeah, I guess if you, sh- if you could show up, sure. But we're not <laughs> reclaiming black sheep. It remains someone who's a disgrace. Okay. I accept. I accept your terms. Next, I wanted to talk about Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, her fashion at the Invictus Games, which is Harry's Olympics-like multi-sport event for wounded, injured, and sick veterans, and also people currently serving as well. Cause very important to him. I believe there's also a Netflix doc about it, which I did not watch. Did you? Nor did I. No. It was in Germany. Harry got there first, and then Meghan met him, and she wore a lot of different outfits, and... 
I had a few takeaways. One of them is she wore like skinny jeans and some other clothes that like aren't particularly on trend, but I think were kind of like age appropriate for Megan. And I really appreciated that. I really appreciated her like going with age appropriateness over like trendiness, which is I think an important message to get out there in terms of fashion. So I just wanted to begin with a thank you. I felt okay. this particularly with her jeans. I thought the jeans were okay. I mean, they weren't great, but I was yeah. just really glad she didn't, she wasn't trying to look like, you know, she was 25. No, I, I agree with you there. The age appropriateness is great. I still think that she could find a better cut of jean, but that's okay. Sure. Yeah, like some of the ones she used to wear too, like just used to be slightly more flattering, but that just really caught my eye. I appreciated it. She also did a side part at one point. I think, you know, I also, you know, I've heard is out. So, and if you watch The Bachelor, that is definitely confirmed. I know, but I think it's so out that it might be back in. I've never left. So that's Same, great news. But yeah. <laughs> and then from there, there was a lot of other choices that I can't commend as much. But there was one, one other outfit that I really liked, which was like dressy shorts with Chanel flats and like a plain t-shirt and mm-hmm. a knit J. Crew. Like, I guess it's a blazer. It's really just like a kind of a cardigan with like fancy gold buttons. And that led me to telling you that I've been wearing these J. Crew That's blazers right. since 2017. Sure. Well, I baited you a little bit because I saw a page six report this morning that that sweater had sold out over the weekend, but now was back in stock. And I wanted for, for to let... For pre-orders only, right? Yeah. I and mean, I wanted to let Juliet know that it was available <laughs> for her, which I meant as a joke. I think I sent it for, to you like before 9 a.m., West Coast. <laughs> and you wrote back that you have plenty and you don't. I do. Yeah. I have like four. I think that's great. I also sort of have a sweater jacket type thing with gold buttons. Not from J. Crew, but I like it very much. I have two with buttons and two without. Okay. And yeah, I don't do well in white. I'm a messy eater. So like, I just can't trust myself to not spill. I've just started carrying the Tide pen everywhere. I know. I just can't do it. I just drink. I just carry coffee around with me too much for that to to be. Yeah, I I guess in New York, that's also you're just more on the go. I get it. But um, yeah, the sweater was just like literally straight out of J. Crew, and I don't know. She was doing an affordable fashion thing for for the Invictus Games, which and overall sort of. So you and I were texting about it throughout the weekend because the Invictus Games are. Harry's event mm-hmm. and I think they he started them like before Megan and Megan appearing at an earlier Invictus, Invictus Games was like a major milestone in their relationship yes. but it's the first time that they've both been out in public in some time and it was sort of like an extended public exposure for the two of them which we have not really had I guess since in a long time the documentary but since it's mostly Harry's event Really, all of the coverage of Megan was of what Megan was wearing. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I read a little bit about her the speech that she made when she got there, but that was kind of it, just by necessity of her just appearing in public a lot for the first time in a while. All of the blogs were on it. And so you and I did wind up just like talking a lot about what she what she wore and getting a lot of credits. And this is what was kind of interesting to me, because I think you're right to an extent she was doing like affordable fashion, but she was doing affordable fashion and 
designer accessories, accessories. designer bags, designer shoes, designer jewelry, designer scarves, and, you know, like sort of repeating them. But, you know, I guess she wore those Hermes sneakers that I'm not a fan of several times. I. I like the Chanel flats a lot. Yeah, sure. I would if if Chanel is listening and wants to send me some size thirty nine <laughs> flats, I'm available. You know, so forty one like, for me. Thanks. Yeah. So like, no judgment, but it just seemed to me. Well, I just don't think any of the clothes ever fit her, and so that's like a really weird thing that just keeps going. I don't understand why the clothes can't fit this very beautiful woman better, and the combo of the like affordable or off-the-rack clothing and, like, the designer accessories. To me, definitely—I mean, she's definitely working with a stylist, but it's, like, really interesting that she's not calling in fashion-y things. Yeah. And she's not calling in, and she's, like, not doing, like, the full fitting. So I I just—I want to know why she isn't, and I want to know— why she'll wear, like, the Chanel shoes, but not a Chanel something else. And I think it's probably because of availability. And, I like, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why she isn't more fashion-affiliated, basically. Because right. it seems like, I mean, it doesn't seem like, it is a huge sales opportunity. As mentioned, the J. Crew sweater that she was wearing that Juliet already owns four of sold out instantly online, right? And so right. they've, like, are reissuing and pre-ordering. Like, I do think that Meghan Markle wearing your clothing is a massive financial boost. Yeah. So I don't... I am just, like, very curious about why, why a lot of fashion brands, especially higher-end fashion brands, don't seem to be taking that opportunity. I don't know either. I mean, also, you know, the other case on the other side is, like, maybe she doesn't want it. Like, maybe this is the style she wants, like, the sort of, like, high-low look. And in a certain way, like, Chanel shoes are more accessible than, like, a Chanel dress. Like, right. sort of. And so maybe that's, part. That's like, part of the message. Sort of. You know, she's yeah. always really, like, dressing in, like, various neutral and, like, earth, like, not, like, earth tones, but sort of, like, I don't even know, different browns and and whatnot, whites and blacks. She's very much back to that. Neutrals, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like, she's, it definitely seems like a, a return to form for her, like, pre-royal form. So maybe it's also, like, some kind of, like, claim, like claiming of her own identity. I, I, I really don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting question, especially because, like, the Her- Hermes sneakers were very conspicuous. They said Hermes on them, you know? It's sort of right. like... It's, so it's, it's not even, like, quiet luxury where it's, like, some kind of really expensive sneaker with no brand name. Right. So it can't... I Maybe you're right that she's just decided, like, this is the pri- price point and this is, like, the level of luxury or the level of, of fashion that I feel comfortable in and that I feel comfortable being associated with, but, like, being outfitted in full, like, Chanel or the Row or, I mean... Those are those are two very like different undertakings as I understand yeah. them, but like those are two higher end things. Wh- whether it's like calling in higher like higher end labels or doing the really expensive stuff, maybe she just doesn't. That's not what she wants to be representing. I think or picking that, a stylist who's like famously associated with one of these brands. Right, exactly. 
I would love to know who her stylist is. I just, I'm really very curious about how it all works because I do think that there a lot of thought goes into it. And I do think it's like a huge financial opportunity, you know? Yeah. Like I think yeah. you really sell a lot if she wears your wears your clothes. So I'm she's also wearing a lot of stuff like from her closet. Like she was wearing like a like a romper that was from Zara a few years ago. Right. Also apparently she did her hair own hair and makeup while she was there, which she I looked think beautiful. Kate also yeah. is known to do her own hair and makeup as well yes. sometimes. So I don't know. She's carving a new path. But I did look at a lot of pictures of what Meghan Markle wore to the Invictus Games. So, so that, did that I. part and then of it's you, working. And then you texted me some more. And then I looked at all of them. And then I was like puzzled. And then I thought about how beautiful she is. And she then, really is so beautiful. She's, inc- she's just incredibly beautiful. And then they drank beer. Then they drank beer. They were in Germany. It's in rude Germany. not to. They're participating in the local culture. I like beer, so I support them. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. On the topic of fashion, what was Vogue World? I read that Anna Wintour left New York Fashion Week early to go to yeah. London for Vogue World. And then I saw pictures of Maude Apatow for Vogue World. <laughs> okay. That's and then good. I just was wondering that's what a, that, that was. That's representative. You've got it. You don't need me to explain. You've got it all. Anna Winter leaving Fashion Week early and Maude Apatow at Vogue World. Okay. So I, there was a Vogue World last year in New York. And oh. there might have been Vogue Worlds even before that. But it is essentially like a, an event, a live in-person event that Vogue puts on during Fashion Week. I see. So it's just like their party. Well, no, because I think it is open to the public. You can buy tickets to oh, it. It's wow. it's more like their version of, you know, like a podcast live event or a, like the New Yorker Festival or, you know, in the way that all media companies, the, the Ringer included, is like trying to do live events. This is one of the live events that Vogue is putting on. And it's always during Fashion Week. There is a fashion like show component, but it's not only one designer. I don't at least I don't think it is anyway. And, you know, a lot of celebrities and and higher profile models walk in it. I think then there's sort of like a street fair aspect to it. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been. <laughs> so it's like the Feast of San Gennaro? Yes, that's exactly what it is. There are fried Oreos for everyone. That sounds I would, awesome. I would love a fried Oreo right now. I don't know. It's just... I, that part is being informed by me watching uh, Eva Chen's Instagram at Vogue World last year. So that oh, was I like see. a year ago in Instagram story burst, you know? Like, it's not, gotcha. I'm not like 100%, but she was definitely eating something. This year it was in London. 
Right. So is it currently London Fashion Week? It is, right? I believe so. I mean, you know, it kind of it like travels. It's New York, then London. I believe Milan and then Paris. Milan starts soon and then Paris. But so I think Vogue, after doing New York last year, did London this year. I know that the supermodels who are on the cover, so Cindy, Naomi, Christy, Linda, were also at Vogue World to promote their cover and their upcoming documentary, which I hope you'll watch, Juliet, so we can talk about I it. I definitely I'm really will. excited. Okay. I'm excited so about it, yeah. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Yes, it Ish. does. It's an event. It's a Vogue-sponsored Fashion Week event. Yeah, like, I get it. It's, that it's is like meant a, to yeah. promote Vogue to the world at large, as opposed to being like a, a very closed party experience. It's, not, it's like basically allowing people to live out their Met Gala fantasy. Yes. Vaguely. I feel like we've been talking about fashion a lot. Do you think that's a function of the strikes or just the role that fashion is playing in the celebrity ecosystem these days? I think probably both. I mean, mm. I I do think that, as we joked about, but like not really last week, uh, when we were talking about the U.S. Open, the celebrities and people who depend on exposure and fame for and being seen for their careers, whether you're a musician, a movie star, but it was especially like movie stars and TV actors who can't appear to promote that work, they are seeking other opportunities to be seen to keep up their value, which, I mean, that that's their business, so you, you can't blame them, but I think right. there were a lot of people at Fashion Week. And, but I do also think like fashion, you know, you can listen to Matt Bellany on the town and also read Lauren Sherman and Puck talking about, like, CAA uh, being bought by the Pinot family, who mm-hmm. are, you know, who own Caring. And and the CEO d- dates, is engaged, or just dates Salma Hayek? I, they are, I, th- I think they're Actually, married. They're married. Yeah. She's Salma Hayek Pinot in a lot of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, they're married. And she is also a CAA client. But I, their, their family just bought or took a little investing whatever, ownership stake in CAA. And the, the like the reasoning on that is because they understand that like fashion and Hollywood and fame and, and, and talent are sort of All merging already. So I think it's like a thing that was already happening, but the strike has certainly made it more visible, if that makes sense, right. because we don't have all the other ways that we normally see these people. Right, right, right. All right, let's move on. Thank you for explaining Vogue World to me. Now You're I know so, so much more. I feel really in the know. Next on our list. Apparently Adele has referred to Rich Paul as her husband. Let's just go straight to the Juliet Lippman feelings check. Where are we? How are we doing? Apathetic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I think I've checked out on Adele, the current Adele. That's where I'm at. Even though I look at her Instagram every weekend of like weekend 13, weekend 22 of how okay. it went in Vegas. It's a, she always looks great. She's always wearing really elegant black gowns. Sometimes there's other news about her talking to people in the crowd, but I don't know. This is just like Uber. Like, I feel like we're in like the, have you watched Hacks? Yes. You know, Jean Smart's character, how like she's like really removed from reality and like living in Vegas because she's so successful. Yeah. And because she has a residency there. Yeah. I feel like we're like, that's like Adele in in, like 30 years. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's Adele now. No, I'll just age-wise. But yeah, I just, 
I, this, can you hear the sorrow in my voice? I just feel yeah, like I've like, lost Yeah, that's why I just jumped straight to Juliette Lemon feelings check. Okay. So you're sad. So you're you're feeling a sense of of loss, loss. and distance. Yeah. I just feel okay. like she was one of us and now she's really not. Okay. How often do you listen to that album? 21 or 30? No, the most recent one. Was 30. that 30? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. often. Um, I listen to I Drink Wine a lot and I listen to Hold On pretty frequently, but I don't listen to the full album. I still listen to 19 and 21 a lot. Okay. Well, that's sad, but I think I indicative. No, I'm the same way. I think I've listened to that full album exactly once. And you're not going to go to Vegas to see her. No, no one's furnished me with tickets or a hotel stay, so I will not be going. Okay. Well, <laughs> how how many more weeks is it going? I don't know, actually. It's a great question. I feel like she's got to be done soon. You know, let's just put it out there. Does it, I just also want to let people know that if you want to furnish two tickets, I'll go. I, who have never been to Vegas, will go with Juliet to see the Adele residency on wow, a weekend. Wow, wow, wow. I'd like to say at the wind to whoever, whoever's listening. Okay. Um, I I guess I also would like to say at the wind. Yes, you would. You would like to say at the wind or the encore would be fine. I well think we could have a great time. <laughs> you know? And okay, I, if I'm, anyone's listening, I'm pretty I mean, sure. I would love to go. I would cry. I would sing. Maybe I'd reconnect with my old friend Adele. I'm pretty sure that in any other circumstance, I would absolutely loathe Vegas, which is why I've never been. And I think I would love this. So, I mean, the residencies are really fun. Granted, I've only been to the Backstreet Boys and I went twice, but I would say both were like life highlights. So, I, yeah, it's great. Okay. It's a great time. Okay. I mean, anyway, like a- do you do you feel that she's legally married? I do. Okay. I think that she's like a like a like a J Lo in this regard, where like wants to be married. For, even though there's really no point. Okay. I mean... Teacher's own. It's like, congratulations to them. I just, I, you know. Sure. Hope, hope their financials are in order for both of them. <laughs> Keep that That's, locked up, everybody. Let's talk about this feud between Halle Berry and Drake, which Halle Berry's had to clarify several times. <laughs> she has. I think, well, I guess we know your feelings. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel torn, but I feel her communications... On this, we're not great. Drake okay. has a new song with SZA called Slime You Out. It's quite a good song. Have you heard it, Amanda? You know, I don't think I have. Uh, it's quite good. Jade, what do you think? Uh, she's a medium she just went, I will say, mm. I like it because it's like familiar Drake. It's not anything new. But it's like, yeah, good Drake song. Can I just say to Jade right now, I just, I, you are engaged at, on every recording. You sit here across from me and you listen and you give feedback and then you do the ultimate power move of not turning your mic on. And I I love it. You just I keep so. being I, you. I appreciate it. It's really, it's really great. So this is, they have this song called Slime You Out. I like it. Jade's medium on it. Okay. And the album art for the single is a picture of Halle Berry being slimed at the Kids' Choice Awards on Nickelodeon. Okay. And... She posted a cryptic Instagram a few days ago saying sometimes you have to be the bigger guy. And this was in reference to Drake using that photo. And then she had to clarify because this is a a, a photo available on Getty so people can license it without <laughs> without her permission. And she says that she did not give him permission, but doesn't matter because he obtained it legally through Getty. Uh, and then she had to clarify today, Monday, that he asked for her permission and she said no. So he defied her despite the fact that there's no legal issue here. And so <laughs> I think 
I enjoy the pettiness of her Instagram, but I think it would have been better if she was less cryptic and more direct and therefore didn't have to clarify her stance. I think we would all be team Halle Berry if she didn't have to clarify her stance. However, I just want to say, what is it with just like men taking Halle Berry for granted? I was immediately taken back to when Adrian Brody just kissed her. And it's just like, it's fucked up. I agree with you. That's that's just, it's just, it's weird. No, I agree with you. I do think that she could have worked with someone to to get that message on the first try, you know? Like, she, her initial Instagram looked like she, like, did a Google image search for being the bigger guy. And then she posted what she right. found. Right, And I just think, if Drake's paying for an image, pay for some PR, you know? Meet, meet him on his level. I have nothing to add. I think you made great points, you know? And I was also thinking during that that you would be a great judge on Law & Order or similar, you know? And you should consider <laughs> you. that. All right. Next, also on the music tip, Olivia Rodrigo's sophomore album, Guts, is here. For mm-hmm. more on that, listen to every single album with Nora and Nathan. What'd you think, Amanda? So I... I listened to this because I was trying to stay current and stay with the kids, even though I have not heard Slime You Out. So I'm really not. Had you that heard current. of Vampire before? Had you heard Vampire? I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I had. I mean, well, like, oh my I, god, it's great! It's a great tune. Listen, let me just say right now, this album rules. This is incredible. It's so good. I get it, and I get and and I I was like, I need to listen to this because it definitely seems like this is the album of the year and sort of cementing Olivia Rodrigo as, like, the next... I mean, it's, like, it's reductive to say the next Taylor, and... But... Well, they they have a feud now. They have a feud as well, so it's all complicated, but just, like, like, this is a big deal, you know? Like, I can tell. Jade's laughing. You don't like it? She's not an Olivia Rodrigo fan. So here's something that I'd like to say to your generation, okay? Because I got some flack about this as well when I said that Austin Butler really had it, you know? And I met another a peer of yours, a friend of mine and a peer of yours was like, yeah, here's the thing. I know Austin Butler from Disney. And so mm. you don't really understand what you're getting into in terms of, there's a lot of baggage here. You know, there's a lot of history. I don't think Austin Butler and Olivia Rodrigo are the same thing. And in fact, I would say Jade is a contrarian from her demographic because Olivia Rodrigo is really popular even though people know her from Disney. Here's here's what I am. Here's here's what I wanted to say is I would like all the generation of kids who grew up on Disney and are trying to like out hipster me and be like I knew about this person when so I have different feelings. I don't care. I'm here I'm entering I'm engaging with the art right now on its surface and it's it, it's a great album that's all that's all i have to say jade is saying that's valid here's my problem with olivia rodrigo and i really like a lot of her songs i am waiting for the credits to be updated on several tunes this happened on sour but on the first song on the album all american bitch it sounds exactly like a lady gaga song from joanne like exactly the same and this happened with Paramore and Taylor Swift on her first album. Wow. I, so you're one of the credits watchers. I am now. I just think this the Gaga thing is so egregious. Okay. And I I think it's okay if you, like, borrow, but, like, it's just very obvious. I think also, like, all- you know, music is derivative. I read John C. Brooks' great article in, in The New Yorker about uh, Ed Sheeran and right. 
in his lawsuits. But like some of these are just really close. But that said, I really like Olivia Rod- Rodrigo's music. I mean, Vampire is a great song. I just think it's great. <laughs> All right. I think that's a great, a great final note on this okay. podcast. Everyone check out Guts or don't. I think probably the <laughs> listeners of this pod are in the demo for Guts. And I'll be watching the credits and we'll follow up. Thank okay. you to our producer, Jade Whaley, for producing this and for calling us old, but younger than we actually are. And uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs>